again. Cara de la Carrier, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. I just had to have you right back on because this week we got this wonderful new promo video from Scientology about the L rundowns. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I, you know, we just don't get into the tech uh, enough at the Underground Bunker. I, every time we do, I have so much fun. And I called you up about, because I knew that you were a class 12 auditor. And if anybody knew what was actually in the L's, as they're called, it would be you. And you sent me some wonderful material, uh, specifically about L11. And it's real nature, where it came from. And I can tell you, the readers loved it. I loved it. And I thought, let's get into the rest of it. I mean, I I just don't know this stuff, and you do. Um, Let me just quickly, for those not real familiar with it, uh, just a little bit of kind of putting us uh, in place here. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But in Scientology, it's this progression of courses and auditing levels that in total are called the Bridge to Total Freedom. And you go from some very beginning staring exercises at one end, cost 50 bucks or something. And at the other end, years later, you're doing these operating Phaeton levels, OT levels, costing hundreds of dollars an hour that take years. Along the way, there's a lot of intermediate steps and, and uh, you, you've got to go through them all, grade one, grade two, clear, OTs. But what I've always found interesting is the people at that there's this flag land base that's the spiritual mecca of Scientology in Clearwater, Florida. They want you to go there and spend a lot of money. And they have some special processes you can only get there. And they're not on the bridge. They're not part of that progression. Uh, and I've always been I've always been curious, how do they sell this stuff? Because it's super expensive. And they're called the L rundowns, L10, L11 and L12, tens of thousands of dollars for each of these experiences, and they're not on the bridge. So you don't They don't count towards getting to OT8, the very top. So Karen, please help us understand what are the L rundowns? What happens on them to the Scientologist who goes to flag? Why are they so expensive? And maybe the most important question, why do people pay for them? Please, Karen, help us understand. Yeah. Well, one thing that occurs is tremendous bad feelings between free winds and flag because free winds have been paid for OT8 and then flag for stats corrals the PC, gets the money, uses it up for the L's. So there's less traffic on freeways and less people. They want people to have all three L's before they go to OT8. So there's a real tension there on fighting over the revenue. <laughs> I never thought of that. So a competition, a competition. between the uh, Flagland base in Clearwater, Florida, where you can get all the way up to OT7, mm-hmm. and then the Freewinds cruise ship in the Caribbean which you have to go to for OT8. And they offer other things as well. Uh, they even offer some like PR conferences and stuff, weird stuff. But but you have to go to the ship 
for OT8 to get the ultimate, ultimate level. And I never thought of it that way, that there's an intense competition between the two. And so one thing Flag does to boost its revenue is the L's. Yes. Oh, wow. The L's maybe as much as 60, 70% of the revenue that is gotten in weekly. It They've wow. made a mysterious mystique. Only Klaus Twelves can deliver it to you, the, the highest level of auditor, and all these rundowns are secret. Now, Tony, I gave you some stuff on L11, but right. I, left out, I just want to complete a little more. Let's finish with L11 before we move on to the others. Right, and let me just very quickly summarize what we had in that piece this week is that you revealed to us was uh, I think uh, quite a few of us are familiar with this story about Bruce Welch, mainly because Mike uh, Mike Rinder did such a good job uh, in his book talking yeah. about that, that in, on the ship Apollo, there was a crew member who had some kind of a mental uh, break, some sort of psychotic break, and L. Ron Hubbard was concerned about him and had him locked up in a room. Nobody could talk to him, and this was the start of the introspection rundown. Yes. And Mike talks about guarding the guarding the door. This was like one of his first assignments in the Sea Org was guarding the door to make sure Bruce Welch didn't get out. And you revealed that Bruce Welch and Hubbard had some kind of a correspondence in which they tried to locate his evil intention, which turned out to be an implant put in his brain or his mind, whatever, by evil psychs, evil psychiatrists. And that this has become L11, in which the subject, the PC, pre-clear or pre-OT or whatever, um, then does something similar to find his evil, his or her evil intention. And it's modeled on what had happened between Hubbard and this crew member who lost his mind, right? Yes. yes. Great. That's a while. Exactly. Uh through the decades, different things have been hobby horses, meaning, for example, in the last 10, 15 years of Hubbard's life, it was all BTs. Everything was BTs. Everything was Bo spirits. Body, body, body things, body. unseen spirits in your body. Right. Okay. Are attached to you or body parts. And that was the hobby. Everything was BTs. In the previous 10, 15 years, it was all Overs, your cry, your overs, and for two, three years prior to that, it was evil. Early nineteen seventies expanded diet. Also expanded Dianetics is, is running your evil purposes. Evil purposes. Wow. And that was considered a huge breakthrough. It was like, oh my god. People are harboring evil in their soul. Wow, that's genius to find that out. That explains Hitler. That explains a tyrant. It's evil intentions. So that was the hobby. So when I say hobby horse, I mean there's a huge pendulum swing into programming that. And there, it's, it. it's like it's like there was a fad, right? Fad. That Hubbard was following fad. a fad. Fat. That was a fact. And 
L11, I just wanted to add on an addendum. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most painful thing that any auditor goes through in training is called the dating drill. And you have to pass this agonizing. Some people are on it weeks, months. I've known people to be on one drill for one year. And this is the drill. We're looking at a very savage implant that read on the meter. Was it years ago, tens of years ago, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, tens of thousands of years ago, hundreds of thousands of ago? Was this implant millions of years ago? Was the implant tens of millions of years ago, hundreds of millions of years ago, billions of years ago? Was it, ah, gotta read, it was billions of years ago. Because what I told you was the implant to harm is date located right, right down from, say, 10 billion, 375 million, right down to seconds. But it's right. all done by metering. Okay. And that is just a huge thing. So what I wanted to add on was all implants implant to harm, the client comes up with the fact that yes, yes, five trillion years ago, 208 billion years ago, da, 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 and they feel mass blue when they give this extraordinary date. You know how Pat Broker lifted up a piece of paper with all these <laughs> right. years and years. Well, the PC believes the implant, the implant to harm is never dated as something that happened seven years ago. This happened uh -huh. billions and trillions. And this is all taken very seriously. The right. PC really believes this. So I just wanted to say that when I look back on it, it's incredible that people will feel happy and relieved that they spotted an implant. You know, I got to tell you, Tony, Hubbard became more and more fixated on implants. I watched his progression, and I'm going to explain to you how L10 zeroed into implants. Um, in the early St. Hill days, when people twinned up and they had something called goals processing. And people loved it. They found, well, what is your goal? What is your goal this lifetime? What do you really, really want to be? Uh -huh. What do you really, really want to do? What do you really, really want to have? And people named their goals and they thought, whoa, this is, now I know my purpose in life. I want to be an artist. That's the goal, to be an artist. Right. And then one day, Hubbard walked in to the briefing course room and said, all goals are canceled. <laughs> None of those goals were yours. They were all implant goals. Wow. And people just caved in. Because they did want to be an artist. And oh, now they're being told, this is a... Psych, it's not your goal. The psychs implant all goals 
that people found and were happy. You'd be happy to find a basic purpose. Right, what is right, your purpose? Right. Anybody, sure. it's, it's a good question. But right. then to have it all canceled. And that was the start of Hubbard slowly progressing towards it's not real, it's an implant, it's not you, Sykes did. <laughs> but this started off in briefing course days, canceling everything and saying it's an implant. Wow. Now, L11, all the clients going through L11 are dating things that happen very often, Tony, it starts at like 5 trillion, uh -huh. 780 billion. These right. are just incredulous figures, right? And then they attest to a new life. Okay. So I wanted to do that addendum on L11. Now, are we Great. going to move on to L10? Sure. You know, in the early 70s, Overts and withholds and looking at your darker side was a bit of a novelty. Really? Now, yes, it was a novelty. Now it's such incredible old people have had to write up their OWs. They've been sub-checked up because they, they've had overts and withholds are just not only tiresome, they're just so People are so not just exhausted. They've already given up. They they have to start inventing things to prove. Right, and this it. is this is one of the most insidious things about Scientology is the idea that okay, you're supposed to belong to this church, but the church is constantly putting you through interrogations where mm -hmm. you're supposed to give up these evil things that you've done or thought. And that's what an overt is. It's some bad thing that you maybe have stolen money from your workplace that's an overt and in the fact that you haven't told anybody about it that's a withhold so that's you you have to basically be com constantly confessing your sins and that's basically what science overts are is scientology's version of sins and and writing them down and this is the other difference from say catholicism because they and I bring it up, I'm not bringing it up because I think there's a parallel. I'm bringing it up because Scientology constantly brings up Catholicism in the um, context yeah. of confessionals in court. Um, and I'll just quickly remind people, in a, in a, in a Catholic confession, and I'm not Catholic, I'm just getting this from what I read in the court papers, because Scientology makes these cases. In a, in a Catholic confessional, you have a one person talking to a priest about their sins, the thing that they've done that they're not proud of, and then nothing is written down. It's just one person talking to another person. Hmm. And, you know, the, the priest penitent privilege is that the, the church has this view that the priest then has right to hold that information in and not give it to anybody else. Well, in Scientology, it's nothing like that. You're constantly being asked, not only to to confess your sins, but to write them down, and then those those reports are then o OW reports are called overts and withholds, are then shared with people uh, within the organization. When Laura Di Crescenzo wanted her folders, and the church was claiming that this was priest penitent information, Scientology had to admit 
that more than 200 Scientology officials had access to her confessionals. Yes. So it's nothing like priest penitent like in the Catholic Church. I'm sorry. Anyway, I got off on a tangent. So uh, L10, Karen. And not only that, the whole of the whole was the, the whole. Can, can you just explain the whole? Because the whole of the whole was screaming at people for their evil intentions and their overts. This maniacal prison where people beat up and punched each other. And the whole of the questioning is... Mike Rinder explained so carefully was what evil purpose do you have on David Miscavige? What evil intention? So they used this evil, evil, evil. Scientology beats the drum on your evil. Instead of finding out your strengths and enhancing that, they want you to look at your dark, evil side. And it's almost a one-trick pony the bridge in this day and age is almost entirely grade two. Grade two is overts and withholds. Okay. A hundred hours of sec checks. Well, what are sec checks? Just getting off OWs. Before you do any next level, you sit and do confessionals and write up OWs. The entire bridge has pendulum swung into let's find out your evil. Let's find so, out. So in other words, it's just constantly this organization wanting to know, you know, what are the what are the uh, sins you're hiding and what are the evil ideas you're hiding? And it's just constantly about confession and 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 telling on yourself for this organization that, of course, then writes everything down. Yes. Bizarre. And sometimes those are even used in SB declares. They use what you've confessed to broadcast later on. This this is all saved. I see. <laughs> OW write up uh, in some of the things where Mike Rinder, for example, said, I was trying to sabotage uh, COB, blah, blah, blah. This, this was extreme force to confess and cough up bad things. And right. then it has been published and used to show what a horrible... Anyway, they still had him on as spokesman for 20 years, so... <laughs> right, right. Okay, so let's go to L10. What is L10, Karen? L10 is mostly... in. It has some nice little tidbits I'll tell you about, but it's mostly your overts and withholds. Okay. On every dynamic. And it starts off with your first dynamic. But the questions can be wild. Have you ever implanted yourself? Have you ever tried to destroy your own mind? Have you ever tried to destroy your own memory? Have you tried to <laughs> wipe out your, again, looking for the evil, 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 the darkness in you? Right. Now, remember that I did this procedure morning, noon, and night, else for breakfast, else for lunch. So, I could almost give you commands in my sleep. Well, you've done something over and over and over sure. for years. Yeah. And a, a, a little thing is that L's auditors don't get exercise time. They have to do the same thing over and over for years. So the word is out that they're doping off. This is such a... When... 
when you have to do something year in and year out, you eventually can almost get sleepy. <laughs> People are paying $1,500 an hour for an auditor that's nodding off. Wow. That, that is factual. In fact, I got that from Inside Osa when I was still friendly with them and they told me there's a real problem with else. But they, they're older and the pressure is so hard to get hours out of them. So that's what they do. So more bizarre, I told you Elsa mostly confessionals getting your overts and withholds on every dynamic. But it gets even more bizarre. There are like psychiatric questions. For example, did you ever hypnotize yourself? Okay. Did you ever hypnotize somebody else? Did you ever do a mind control implant on another being? And you know, the client just looks at you blank. <laughs> sitting down there and you're asking them if they were a whole track implanting <laughs> in Scientology, that would be the worst of the worst. And because of Hubbard's fixation, real fixation on implants, the PCs now have to sit there holding the cans and the needle has to float. Sometimes the e-meter needle would get quite tight at the absurdity of the question. On the whole track, did you damage someone's mind by harmful implants? There are several psychiatric questions here. And you know, I had flash thoughts that this, this may be Hubbard's case. But I'll oh. tell you, in all the people you see around, people did not go around hundreds of millions years ago zapping people and implanting them. This is, and this is on, at $1,500 an hour. This is the kind of question they're asking L10. Incredible. Incredible. Now, Miscavige being no best has greatly altered the L's. When I was doing the L's on the Apollo, Nobody ever came back to the Apollo claiming there's an error, I don't feel good. On flag, LPCs routinely show up and say, something's wrong. I'm not focused well. I'm not feeling good with, you know, and they return, but they have to pay. Their folders look for errors, and even if flag made the error, fresh money to repair what flag themselves messed up. Tony, if you if you buy anything which is bad, you buy an iPod, doesn't work, you go back to the store, they'll immediately trade it for a good one. Anything you purchase as, as a buyer, any commodity, usually the seller will make good on your purchase. Amazon sure. does. In Scientology, you pay and pay and pay and pay. <laughs> uh, Pierre Atier was telling me that people showed up after they've been to flag 10 times, 11 times. 
to repair now. And finally, they go to Pierre APA to correct it. <laughs> Pierre APA is a field auditor who died a year or two ago, but I was aghast. I hadn't heard that, but I got it straight from Pierre. Karen, can you believe this? They're, they're sending out their, they have L's PCs paying for the same L correction at fifteen hundred dollars an hour. So and it's not it's not it's not just that they're being asked to confess to the things they've done, but also to try to locate some sort of evil part of themselves that was implanted in in them by an evil psychiatrist trillions of years ago and to locate that implant when it was implanted to mm -hmm. the second, even if it was 15 trillion years ago. Yes. Uh, not only are they paying $1,500 an hour to do all that, but then it turns out that they feel unhappy about it and have to get repairs on it. Doesn't it ever dawn on them that it was complete nonsense to begin with? <laughs> well, you know, those people that leave, after OT8, like Mary Khan and stuff like that. Because finally you're told, you know what? Nothing you ever ran in an auditing session was you. It was just BTs quacking. It was just spirits talking. None of that was none of that was your track. You were wow. nothing of what you said. Right. You said you were a Roman emperor? Rubbish. That was a BT. It was so you're looking at the fact that you paid maybe a hundred thousand dollars. For some, <laughs> if you believe, you know, to, to, uh, another very greedy thing about the L's is this is sheer corporate greed. Howard brought out something which was a marketing ploy, which is you can't have other rundowns in the non-interference area. Tony, can you explain that? No, you, you do it. You explain the non-interference area. Well, once you attain clear, uh -huh. Hubbard put that you are actually at risk. That's the word used in the bulletins. Okay. You are at risk. If you don't go straight to OT3 and you leave yourself dangling after clear, right. okay. you are at risk. And I'll tell you, there are some people that went type 3, like Lisa, after clear. Uh -huh. But that wasn't because they were dangling around uh, waiting year and a year. But this is a marketing ploy. There are many people that left the cult after clear and they didn't go. There was no risk. They flourished and prospered and they right, moved right. on. So, so we would get an order come down and say, no one who's clear, no one who's clear can have L's. They're in the non-interference area. Oh, okay. And... Pieces so that you, if you were, so you would have to, if you were, if you were clear, you would have to get to OT three, and then later then, you could then do the L's. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a, there, there was a, there was a, a corporate greed thing which was so utterly exasperating. Okay. And that was the back and forth seesaw of uh, shooing people away and saying you're clear, you have to go to OT three before you can have an L. And then six months later, 
no, 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 come on in, you can have us. It sounded like we didn't even know what we were talking about. And some people were furious because they were stuck on OT2 for, and other people were clear and were uh, just sailing right through to do the L's. God knows okay. what it was. It was almost like, uh, it was almost like the CEO would change. You can join the CEO if you've taken LSD. Ah, no, you can't. You've taken LSD, you can't join the CEO. Back and forth. That also went into a seesaw up and down. Okay, uh, okay. Anyway, so L10, let, I want to give you an example of David Miscavige interfering with. Okay. L10 starts off with a bang. And what it's supposed to do is the counselor is supposed to study your folders very carefully and find out real buttons that you've had. Buttons meaning things that trigger you. That okay, are right. right. Now, let's say I have a button on Kinkade dealers or uh, Kinkades being sold under price. And let's say I've mentioned that a lot, it's the competition. So L10 would open and say, now Karen, in your past, what considerations, what thoughts, ideas have you had on Kinkade dealers in brick and mortar stores? <gasps> And I would go on and say, they were this, they were that, they were this, So they found something of strong interest. And I sit there and talk, 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 talk about till, till it's just flat. There's nothing more to say. I've exhausted okay. my thoughts. Okay. What Miss Cabbage did, he changed anybody allowed to take specific buttons from their folders and he made categories for example your first dynamic your body your health but maybe you're not worried about your health maybe you've never even mentioned maybe you're perfectly happy with your body so Miscavige prefabricated every item to be run on the considerations rundown. That does not work. That does not work. People want to run when they what they have uh, a lot of attention on, what they feel head up on. They would like to talk about that. That's that's of interest. Not some prefabricated list from Miscavige's no best. You follow? And when so, you when you're using a Scientology term there that I want to make sure non-Scientologists understand, uh, you're saying no best, which is kind of the same thing as know it all, the way we say know it all. Yeah. Uh, so that Miscavige, there's a you're criticizing Miscavige because he thinks he knows it all and he's making some corrections that maybe didn't work for everybody. Yes, he's a know-it-all. That's, that's, I, should, I shouldn't even. I, I actually never use that language in, in real life, but I'm talking all about the tech and so on. Sure, of course, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, 
So the L's have been altered and changed so much for KSW. <laughs> <laughs> and the tech estimate for L10 is a hundred hours. A hundred hours. A hundred hours. Jeez. That's why I threw out the figure of a hundred thousand. Now the hundred thousand isn't for all the repairs that they come back and redo and so on. That's not, you know, this is for getting them in the first place. Now, L10 does have some other very um, sassy, intriguing questions. For ex Let me give you an example. Yeah. What is the worst thing you have ever done to another person, but then they add, on the whole track. <laughs> what is the worst thing another ever did to you on the whole track? You see, so it's superimposed with you going into some incredible space opera, right? Yeah, so let me, just, let me just explain that real quick, uh, what Karen's talking about there is that a Scientology concept is the life you're leading right now is just one of countless lives you've led. You, you, your Thetan, your mortal soul, uh, in many bodies going back many, you know, billions and trillions of years. And that whole progression that your Thetan, has, that you as a Thetan have gone through is called your whole track, not just the life you're leading now, but your whole track of existence. And one of the things you're supposed to try to do in Scientology is recover those memories of things that happened to you in previous lifetimes so that you can put together, piece together what happened to you over that whole track. So when they come in and say, what's the worst thing that you've ever done to somebody on the whole track, that puts pressure on you because... You know, you might be able to think of some crime you committed or some horrible thing you did to a friend or a family member, but surely 80 million in the last 80 million years, you've done far worse. You're probably a serial killer or, a, you know, some kind of a sex monster going back 50 billion years. Right. And, and so there's pressure on you then to come up with something really, truly disgusting that you dimly remember on some planet in some previous epoch. There you go. That, you explained that beautifully, Tom. You, Thank you, you Karen. <laughs> you did. You did. And so, and then that goes on all what they call flows. What you did to another, what another did to you, what, what is the worst thing others have done to others on the whole track. And that, what is the worst thing you ever did to yourself? Ah. You to you. Every question on on L10 and on Dianetics is done that four way, the four flows. And you would ask people this, and I mean, would they, what would they come up with really disgusting things right there in front oh, of you? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, was, you know, I, I I was a Nazi. I was like a Mengele. I did the blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I absolutely. And, and by the way, they confessed to having been serial killers and, you know, just 
<laughs> wow. This, wow. This is, this, it, it's, it's a runaway train of the most unbelievable. Uh, and of course, you have trained to have perfect acknowledgments. You don't flinch. You don't blink. You don't ever say, now, come on. Right. You can't, in the word, the word in Scientology, I believe is you cannot invalidate them. If they say, well, I think 30 million years ago on this other planet, I was this terrible serial killer and ended up killing a thousand people. The auditor is not allowed to then say, you know, I don't think that happened. You're, you're not allowed to invalidate. You say, okay, well, that's what happened. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's a big crime to even have an expression that, um, uh, you can't even look skeptical. Right. And sometimes it was such a poor acknowledgement being trained like robots to say, thank you, fine, good, okay, Th these are acceptable acknowledgements. Thank you, fine. This is like a robot talking. And if somebody gave me some extraordinary thing, I would go, woo. Those were the days before videos. But the person felt acknowledged. They're telling me something extraordinary. And if I go, thank you, fine, good, okay. Doesn't that sound artificial? It sounds like you didn't even hear what they just said. Right. Right? They just said they were equivalent to. Uh, what is the biggest serial killer of all? Jeffrey Dahmer or, yeah. Yeah, they were cannibals. Jack the Ripper. And if you go, thank you. It, hello, is anybody home? So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, another L10 doozy is who or what has regarded you as an enemy? Hmm. Who or what have you regarded as an enemy who or what have others regarded as an enemy and the last question is how have you been an enemy to yourself oh. which the question asking have you sort of sabotaged do you just could put your foot in dog poo and you you know you can harm <laughs> yourself you can harm yourself sometimes by just taking the wrong poo so that so that interspersed with all the sec checks on the first to eight dynamics there are these little questions of oh there's there's another good set of four questions um what is the greatest lie that you have been made to believe this is called the lie rundown what is the greatest lie that you made another believe and then what is the greatest lie others made others believe that'll be like a propaganda thing and what lie did you swallow and make yourself believe very often an answer on that was um that man i believe that i was just a messed body and i'd be buried and the maggots would come and eat me but now i know i'm a spiritual being that has lived eternally and i'm immortal and i will live on i mean gazillions of pieces gave gazillions of answers but usually the lie would be a spiritual lie that they swallowed i see you know 
I grew up Catholic. This is, I'm mimicking a piece. I grew up Catholic. They told me heaven and hell. Well, heaven and hell is a lie. There is no such thing as burning hell below us, going deep into the ground. So now they've uncovered a lie and they feel, yeah, there was a lie. I swallowed that. So can I move on to L? So, so let's, can... let's, let's get on to L12. I want to make sure we get L12 in. Yeah. L12, Hubbard found to be a genius way of blowing off BTs without the PC even knowing that you were addressing BTs. And this is the way it went. There would be a group of words that all had a common thread and you would balk that. You have to balk the word at the PC. Let me, let me give you an example. Okay. Insane, lunatic, reactive, crazy, irrational, illogical, unreasonable, foolish, mad. Now, all of those are almost synonyms, no? Yeah. And one of them would read on the meter. You're looking for a meter. Sometimes nothing read in the, in the category. Nothing read. Okay. You go on to the next one. But if it read, you go to, you ask the PC, what past identity, let's say mad red, what past yeah. identity was mad? And then the PC will list and come up with the past identity that was mad. Maybe huh. the item is psychiatrist. And then the next question is, what was the basic purpose of the psychiatrist? Meaning in his whole life, what was his, it's not asking for evil purpose, just asking for the basic purpose. So let me give you, just let me give you a couple of examples. So you yeah. sexy, lustful, oversexed, desirous, flirtatious, nymphomaniac, lusting for sex. So that's all a group, right? To do with right. sex. Right. So let's say lustful red. Then the next question is, what past identity was lustful? The way the person answers the identity is they can give an actual name, mm. right? They can give a name, Joe Schmo, or they can say the man who always wore a red cloak. They, they're naming the name by description. Okay. Or they can name that by history and time. The, the person who was a gladiator in the Roman Empire. Wow, okay. So, so they can name the who in various language. And then, okay. like I told you, you go, well, what's the basic purpose of a gladiator in the Roman Empire? To slaughter lions or whatever the purpose was. That's the major part of L12. It goes on and on. And Hubbard felt. Now, now, if the person is higher level and they've done OT3, you then you then find the attached spirit. 
and send him to the volcano and make him run through after he's done this. But most people haven't done, most people have been pitched on L's, it's a big cash cow, and they haven't done, they don't know anything about attached spirits. And Hubbard's theory was by barking out all these groups at someone, we're running off the attached spirits. They mm. don't know it, but we're helping them out by, uh, you know, we've woken up a BT by barking these things. I see. Wow. And they're going to feel lighter. Now, there's a hook in L12, and that is you have to do an OCA at the end of L12. And if your OCA is down compared to the earlier OCA, you have to go back and do more L12. And now, uh, by OCA, what Karen's talking about is the Oxford Capacity Analysis, which is the personality test. You know, a lot of people first encounter Scientology, they see somebody at a table on a street corner and says, take a free personality test. And that's this 200 question survey that has nothing to do with Oxford University. It's just, they use that because it sounds familiar. And um, they're, you know, uh, people, people can't resist the idea that they're gonna take this 200 question quiz about you know uh various things about how they feel about i don't know i i used to have the thing in my head i i don't can't think of any questions specific questions right now but you know it's a personality test about the things that make you anxious and make you interested whatever and supposedly they can then read that off and and read back to you the components of your personality which people find irresistible um a lot of people do anyway. They just, they, they, you know, people want to find out about themselves. So Scientology claims that it's scientific and it produces a score. And mm -hmm. one of the things I did learn is that Scientologists are asked to take that thing over and over and over and then mm -hmm. show how those scores change. And so what you're saying is you would take an OCA before L12 and then one later on? Yes, before L12 and then after you've been through, I've got one more big rundown on L12, secret one to tell you, but it's an OCA rundown. And I will tell you, Tommy, people would go into absolute utter panic because really? if the ship was going to sail and be on the high seas for five days and they had to really get back for work and they didn't pass their OCA, they weren't allowed off the ship. Wow. And now they're trapped on a ship for five days in some Mediterranean, uh, you know, ocean. And, and it, they couldn't even get lose their job. But it right. was an ironclad rule. You cannot leave the ship till your OCA is there. Now, Earth, now there is something. <laughs> well, I'm letting you know what the L's are because... <laughs> in the night so I'm going to go the whole hog. Right. It's a secret, secret part of L12 called Veams. V-E-A-M-S. Veams, okay. And what it is is a beam 
is a very high wavelength attachment which someone shoots at another person. It's like if you can imagine a shaft of light. So these are beams with a B, like a like B as in boy. Yes, B as oh, in I boy. Oh, I said I thought you used V as in Victor. All right, no. beams. Yeah, be, yeah, beams. We've heard about this before. Okay, beams. Okay, right. That's something that you shoot out towards another person. Okay. Right. And you take up you take up like a wife or an ex-girlfriend or whatever. And the question is, did Mary Jo beam your body? And the question goes, yeah, probably. All right, spot the beam. And the person locates this invisible rope-like beam that might have shot out in a moment of anger and has latched onto their right cheek. And the next command is smooth out the rough edges. Just tidy it up, tidy it up. And now return to sender. And the beam <laughs> 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 and this beam, people just seem to laugh it up like chocolate ice cream they spot all these beams these are <laughs> well we've seen these the karen where we where i have encountered that for the most part has been an ot phenomenon in in advanced magazine huh? is that uh you know in it so scientology has this magazine called advance yes and uh, jefferson hawkins was once the editor of it we've talked talked about this with him the most popular column in advanced magazine and probably in all Scientology publications is what's called OT phenomenon. And mm -hmm. it allows Scientologists basically to share ghost stories. I call them, but you know, these supposed OT powers when this is what keeps people going up the bridge and paying incredible amounts of money is the idea that once you get into the upper OT levels, you're going to be taking on superhuman powers superhuman abilities yeah. and uh, to entice them to keep going they share these stories in this column in advanced magazine and they say you know i'll never forget the person that claimed that they left their body traveled across the country and went into a hospital and helped out on a surgery of a friend and then came back you know you know stuff like that they stuff that's clearly superhuman supernatural they, they put in this this magazine and that's where you hear about beams Scientologists talking about how they were driving a lot of Scientology stories are about driving and that's probably because you know a large percentage of Scientologists has always been in Los Angeles but they'll talk about how yeah I was driving on the freeway and I saw these two cars that were about to have a collision and so I sent out my beams and mm -hmm. grabbed the one car and kept it from hitting the second car. Mm -hmm. And then they'll and then they tend to like throw in a little like they didn't even know I saved them from this terrible, you know, fate, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they always want to make it they always want to play it down like, oh yeah, no big deal. But they that's where I've heard them talking about beams has been in those OT phenomenon things. And so you're saying that that beams is comes in at L12. 
Well, it's, it goes further than that. The theory that you study is that beams that were shot out at a person can be a control mechanism right. from that person that shot you with a beam. And it says in the theory we studied on the, uh, the L12 tapes, sometimes the person is long since deceased. Oh my. They're attached to you with a beam. Wow. Right? The beams are of non-material energy, but if you had an unfortunate or unhappy interaction with that person, the beam stays in place in <laughs> time. And only L12 can rid you of that beam and return wow. to Wow. Wow. Yeah. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, to, to wrap it up, I got to tell you that L's are used as an incredible status button. Oh, yeah. In the Scientology world. Real status right. button. Let's say I'm introducing a total stranger. When you introduce, let's say I was introducing my neighbor. I'll say, this is my neighbor. They live, they just moved in, the house closed. And I give a little data that they've got three kids, so your kids can play. In Scientology, when you introduce someone, one of the first things you say, uh, this is Jack Roberts, three L's. Right. So before you describe his health, or even whether he's OT4 or 5, you describe his L's completion. What does that tell another Scientologist? That First they have all, spent a lot of money. <laughs> they, have money. they have money. They're a $100,000 client, right? right? They have money. Right. And three L's means you are in the fold. You have lived through hell and high water, got that kind of money together. You came back for all your corrections. You lived through it. You've done your beams. And when someone who's done three L's is introduced to someone else who's done three L's, that's already... Um, they're in the club. They're in the club. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, Karen, this has been so fun. I, I, I'm... Uh... I love learning this stuff, especially from somebody that actually administered it. And wow, the L's, they are something else. Um, and, uh, and as a status symbol, that makes so much sense, Karen. You know, there's a list, bless their hearts, anonymous. There's an anonymous guy who posts on the bunker, I forget his name. He does list collection of those who've spoken out. Oh, uh -huh, right. The list there's over 3,300 people who've actually spoken out who've gone to media who've left Scientology and have spoken about it, right? Yeah, either in blogs or they've gone to journalists, they've gone to authors, or they've gone on TV, or they've talked on YouTube uh, and they've spoken about Scientology. And there's this list, and it's like 3,400 people, they're all declared as fees, but they've spoken out. And if you go through the list, over and over, three L's, three L's. <laughs> yes. So they've been tossed out and declared SP, but there's no refund. They've got the L's money. 
Right. But you are evil, and the elves did not wash out that antisocial personality within you. Uh, boy, is it a rigged casino. Only the top <laughs> wins and keeps the money. No? Right, right. So save your 100000 and think carefully before you get scammed into this. <laughs> All right, ask Karen. The bunker if you have a further question, and I will answer it. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate it. And... Uh... Wow. Well, it's always a pleasure. And and uh, thank you for that technical upgrade for the Underground Bunker. Anytime, Tony. You know we love you. Thank you, Karen. Talk to you later. Again, again.